amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Dangerous Dan Matthews here and uh, talking with Wolf Mike and Derek here tonight at the Oversell Podcast here in Memphis, Tennessee. And our first in a series of topics on our favorite WrestleMania matches, a special message about the WWE tonight. And let's get the show started right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I'm Wolf Mike. I'm Dan. And we are here to talk a little professional wrestling. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. That's about all I gotta say. Hey, you know what's great about been great about this past week? No snow, no ice. No snow. Little rain. I can deal with a little rain. I'm done with ice and snow. I'm ready for some heat. I'm ready. I'm, Mike came over and there was like a little patch of ice in my yard. He thought it was the craziest <laughs> thing. I don't even want to see that anymore. It's like patches of snow and ice in the valleys and in the, in the deep rivers of the uh, roofs around the neighborhood still. But uh, I think it's going away quick now. There was now. still an igloo in his flower bed. <laughs> so before we get started tonight we're going to start our series of our favorite wrestlemania matches guys i want to talk to you something that being wrestling fans sometimes when you say yeah i like professional wrestling you get that look like you watch wrestling still and people can think what they want to think about me and think about rest one thing i'm proud to say of is the major company i'm a fan of the wwe and some of the work they do with their fans uh, they do a lot for Make-A-Wish. I think that's amazing. This Warrior Award. This is what got me on the topic. This Warrior Award they're doing for Connor the Crusher. Connor the Crusher. I oh, think yeah. it's absolutely great what they do. And that makes me proud to be a fan of the WWE. They do a lot for the troops. I think they troops get free entrance into all their shows. Uh, it makes me proud to say I'm a fan of the WWE. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but it makes me extremely proud. If you haven't seen the little package they had when, you know, announcing the induction of Connor the Crusher, I mean, that'll bring a tear to your eye. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's a great Watching story. Watching Stephanie break down just talking about when right. she met the kid. and It's very touching. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Bryant was obviously very close to this kid and his father, and I, that's great. You know, Daniel Bryant, after WrestleMania, the kid got a WrestleMania moment, and I think that's for someone that what he was going through absolutely amazing by the WWE. I applaud the WWE. I am very proud to say I'm a fan of the WWE. And yeah. he beat Triple H in a match. That's right. They had that set up. He knocked him out, pinned him. Gave him the, the big fight. And you know, they they actually do more than what they broadcast on TV. Right. Um, you, you get to see John Cena. You get to see, you know... The guys who are out there and you know on the front lines, Daniel Bryan doing the Make-A-Wishes and all those guys and everything. But what you don't realize is Bray Wyatt does Make-A-Wishes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, I was going to bring the other up. guys do break do Make-A-Wishes all the time. Bad News Barrett does Make-A-Wishes. The Shield when they the were Shield healed. does Make-A-Wishes. Yeah. I mean, there's it's you know nonstop. It's they are a charity machine, you know, mm-hmm. and they they give back to the fans, and it's a great thing. And you know, like and I've heard it said before, you know. You know, you see John Cena out there on the front line all the time about the Make-A-Wish thing, you know. But 
everybody in the whole company does make a wishes. Yep. Everybody. Right. It's not just one guy, you know, that they they constantly send. It's everybody on the whole roster. If somebody's requested to be there, if it's your favorite wrestler, he's going to show up. Absolutely right. The pack I like seeing the packages also like I like all seeing all this stuff, but the packages they do where they're visiting, you know, troops that are in hospitals, you know, shaking their hands, telling them thank you for your service. You know, it just it goes a long way to show you that they're not just a bunch of meatheads that, that are, are in it for the money. Yeah, exactly. They they care about people, they care about their fans, and it's just an amazing experience. And Vince with all he's done with make a wish and stuff like that, it's very, very, very commendable. I concur. <laughs> so we're going to get on to something a little more fun. Thanks for listening to that. Hopefully <clears throat> WWE keeps on doing it because I know they will. We're going to go on to uh, a series we're going to start here where we're going to talk about some of our favorite WrestleMania matches. And we have 30 years of WrestleMania matches. So this is going to provide a lot of content. We have a lot to talk about. So you know what, Mike? Give me your first one. I'm going big with the first one. It's nothing technical. It was a lot of chaos, but TLC two from WrestleMania seventeen. Wow. Absolutely awesome. Uh, there's so many spots in that. I mean, when you put those teams, when you put any four members of the people that were in that match together, I mean, you knew you were going to get something special. You knew you were going to, you know, be on the edge of your seat for a match, and you were going to see things that made you cringe. Yep. Because you couldn't believe what these people were doing to their bodies just to, just for the fans. And, and you know, it's it's great because it's not just in that one. It wasn't just the six guys that were in the match. You got three extra people that oh, yeah. got involved too with Lita and Rhino and Spike, Spike Dudley. Dudley. And seeing those guys get added to the mix, you know, all three of them are pretty much crazy. Even Lita. They all took big bumps the, on their own. Exactly. And I think that match, was that the one that ended? Or one of the biggest spots was when Edge speared. Jeff Hardy off the ladder. Oh my yeah, god! Hardy that is... was hanging from the belt. Yeah. And Edge was on what it was like a fifteen foot ladder. He was almost at the top of it and speared from the top. I mean, the spear itself didn't look that great, but the fact that they fell fifteen feet yep. to the mat. Oh yeah, great amazing. Spot. And and that's that's a that's a moment in time there that WWE has used in just about every oh, video every. montage for the last 13 years. <laughs> it's something, it says something about the moment when you know a big moment's going to happen, and as they're doing it, you're seeing all the flash bulbs too. That yeah. just adds to the whole spectacle of the event. TLCs, I think all of them are good, but that one was extra <coughs> special yeah. in my mind. And I miss I miss tag team matches like that. I wish I wish the Dudleys come back. We need the Dudleys. They could really re- reinvigorate the tag team division, uh, especially if uh, you got them involved in the Ascension. I think that would be a great angle for the Ascension. Those guys could go on e- over each other, go a couple pay-per-views. They'd be nasty. They'd be violent. Something that needs to happen. The Hardys have gotten together again in TNA. No, you don't really watch that, but they they don't have what they used to i mean you can tell time yep. is getting a hold of them and yeah. they're not doing the high spots anymore but i mean they they still do some of the stuff that most people won't attempt they, it's good to see them still at it but yeah i wish i wish they could have one more run in wwe i think the recreational drugs have taken their toll <laughs> on the hardys i yeah. really do <laughs> you know jeff has cleaned himself up i can remember him coming out for a tna pay-per-view and it looked like he was blitzed out of his mind. He was supposed to have a match with Sting, and Sting's like, well, I'm not having this. And it was yeah. the main event. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. main event. Um, you know, we, 
we, I miss Edge and Christian. Those two guys yeah. were charismatic. You know, their entrances are always hilarious. When they, whenever they do their poses, for the benefit Five of those, pose, yeah, yeah, for the benefit of those with flash photography, I always got a good laugh, especially in Memphis when they're in fat Elvis suits. Okay. <laughs> you know, the uh, the last time they came out and did that, I had completely forgotten they actually did that because it's been so long <laughs> yeah. since I'd seen a seven second pose. You know, and it was just I for the benefit of those with flash photography, and I was like, "What is he doing?" It's like, "Oh my God, they're doing the pose. <laughs> they haven't done the pose in years." My favorite pose, they did. They called it the big choke. Kurt Angle fell to his knees and started choking himself. But this was also around the era era when a coach from I think it was Indiana, Bobby Knight choked one of his kids <laughs> so Christian dropped down to his knees and Edge started choking him and that, uh, yeah. I got a lot of good laughs out of it but man good tag team matches like that you just don't get those anymore and another good thing about that match was who was calling the match I mean, oh, that was WrestleMania 17 you know, Jim Ross Paul Heyman were you, both on that match this is going to get me on a start of a little tangent Bad commentary is a major problem in the WWE right now. There'd be so many running rampant. You could have some of these matches could be elevated if they just had a damn bit of commentary. And you know, I what my routine normally is when I'm when I'm in a, when I'm in the middle of a workout routine, I will pick Monday as my leg day, and I can't do squats because my knees are pretty much gone. But I go and I do what my doctor told me, and I go to the recumbent bike in the gym with the TV on it, with the HD TV on it up at ATC, and I go and I do two hours of cardio on the on the recumbent bike, and I'm watching Monday Night Raw. I have to unplug my headphones sometimes because the commentators <laughs> are not paying attention to the match. They'd rather pull jokes on one another, make each other laugh, and crack one another up, which yeah, you know, sitting three hours there at the commentator's desk, staring at a staring at a wrestling ring, and just tr- constantly trying to find something to talk about, I'm sure is a stretch. But you got Vince McMahon yelling in your ear, telling you what to talk about. How hard is it to talk about what you're being told to talk about? That's exactly right. I mean, you know, it's it's just it goes, and, it, and it's another yeah. problem that goes back to these three hour raws. I don't, even, I can't even go three hours to take a piss. No, I do not know how those guys do it. I'm it's one a of, long I, I time standing up in front of the toilet, I man. Got, I, <laughs> I guarantee you, JBL wears a diaper. If I had to guess, uh, JBL wears a diaper. There's got to be a coffee can or something under the desk that they're sharing. They've, I all, don't know. they've always got a Mountain Dew bottle sitting yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Let's go on to Daniel. Daniel, give me a share first. The WrestleMania 25, the first time we saw Michaels versus Undertaker. Uh, That was, I don't think anybody, I think everybody expected that match to deliver, but I don't think they expected it to deliver on the epic scale that it did. I mean, that was just an epic match, you know? And then a full year build-up to the next one. Mm-hmm. But the first one, they set the bar with now, the first one. They set their own bar. There's nobody that's that can still touch that bar with the first one. And then they blew over it with the second match in WrestleMania 26. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, was WrestleMania 25, is that the one where Shawn Michaels was kind of doing his... 
overtly religious yes. Shawn Michaels. Okay, and so his entrance, the entrance was he where came, he descended that, from, yeah. and he was wearing wow, the white right. cowboy hat and had the, the lights, yeah, down. With the okay. duster and everything, yeah, and man. then you know. And then Taker comes out, and he comes up from the floor, and he's wearing the black cowboy hat with the black dust. That was epic, good versus evil booking right. right there. And you know, it's like from the booking, from the storytelling aspect of that, you could have you could have watched that match and not been a fan and become a wrestling yep. fan watching that match. I agree. And not even known any background between Michaels and Taker and what he was going for and everything. Shawn Michaels. You have to call... I'm not a, the biggest Shawn Michaels fan of the character. The worker? That's probably the greatest worker that the WWE has ever had. Yes. Can we absolutely. say that? Yes. Absolutely. absolutely. Have you... He's put his body through so much. And he... he those two matches with The Undertaker? Those are classics. Yeah. They, they will They will stand the test of time oh, for years absolutely. to come. Both of the, both the matches. But 25, I think, was the eye-opener. 25 got, got people's attention. And said, "Whoa, we did not expect any of that, you know, because I mean, Michaels was pulling moves that he hadn't done in five, ten years. He was doing moonsaults off the second rope and into, into the outside, you know, and just, you know, it was like, whoa, you know, it's Michaels it, can turn it on when he has to, whenever he has to, and he's he he probably could still turn it on to this day it's if he a, wanted it's to. It's a typical case of." Um, this, this match is a typical case of why was this not the main event? What was the main event of that pay-per-view? 25. Uh, WrestleMania 25. Cena and Edge. Cena and Edge. Like, okay. Or Triple H and Randy Orton. But that was a good title that match. That was a good build to that one, though. That well, was a good build yeah, to that but, one for that year. But the point is, we can remember that that you know that Undertaker and HBK was WrestleMania 25. Yeah. You can't really depict and out of memory for sure another match that was on that card that yeah. year and you know you'll you'll remember that match but you won't remember the rest of the card true like uh, that's <clears throat> undertaker pretty much you know he all him he always stole the show to me oh yeah i'm gonna go on to my first pick my first pick in my favorite wrestlemania matches this was at wrestlemania 10 it opened up the card uh these two guys because of they were brothers had such an amazing chemistry in the ring Owen Hart versus Bret Hart. Classic wrestling. Um, I think Owen Hart got uh, got a cheap win out of it, but it was the right win because Owen Hart, you know, he tricked the big brother. Mm -hmm. And right. it's just a classic. I wish, I think Owen Hart would still be going today if, was, he, was, yeah. if he didn't have his accident. Yeah. That was, but uh, it opened up, that great match opened up the card. Yeah. Opened up the show. I mean, yeah. it was an opening match. And I it was mean, great. You know, hand it to Bret Hart to open and close that show, you know. Yeah, because he, he wrestled for, did he, was that Yokozuna for the that title? Was, no, was it, it wasn't Yokozuna, was it? It was Yokozuna. Yeah, it was Yokozuna. Yes. And yeah, then, yeah, so did he do double duty or did he do triple duty for that match? For uh, that he did double. He did. He, he uh, beat Owen Hart in the opener and beat Yoko in the, in the final. And uh, the middle match was Lex Luger and Yoko. Yeah, because it was kind of uh, like it was like it was flip the coin and whoever goes first and you know this match happens and that match happens and if the other side of the coin hits then this match happens and that match happens. Well, you know who else was involved in the uh, in that pay per view? Your buddy Harvey Wimpleman. Yeah, Harvey <laughs> Wimpleman. He uh, he had an altercation with Howard Finkel prior to the match between Adam Bomb and Earthquake. Adam Bomb. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. I got. Oh my God. Okay, have we got time for a funny story? We got time. We got okay. all the time in the world. Now, I, we, if I can ever get Harvey on, he will. I'll have to give him, get him to tell this story, but because because him telling the story is ten times more funnier than the way I'm about to tell it. But I think they were they were he he was managing Adam Bomb at the time, and he's. I think they're flying overseas somewhere. They're like in Switzerland, and they're trying to. You know, get to Austria or something like that. You know, they're 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 doing an international tour, <clears throat> and they're stuck in an airport for a little while. Well, all of a sudden, the connecting flight you know comes up, and Bruno's got to find Adam Bomb in the airport, and so he sees him across the airport and starts running to him and yelling across the airport, "Bomb, bomb, over here, bomb!" <laughs> Needless to say, airport security didn't think that was funny. <laughs> that is the effect kayfabe has on this world. Yes, it does. He couldn't yell out his real name. He had to yell bomb. Yeah. That is, that is great. Couldn't yell Brian Clark across the, across the, oh, man. Across I, the airport. He had to yell bomb across the airport. I'm going to be sure to coax that story out of him. Oh, God. On the there's, there's so many we could coax out of him. Oh, great. It'll it'll be a great interview when we get it, and I and I will get that interview. So we're gonna go on to my. I'm gonna go with my next pick. Good. This to me, as a kid growing up, these two guys were larger than life. Uh, for lack of a better term, they were superheroes in the WWE. And when these two guys had a match, I thought it was gigantic. I thought this was absolutely insane. Hogan versus Warrior. That match was absolutely awesome for me as just a little kid because these two guys i mean they were superheroes you never saw anything like you haven't seen anything like the ultimate warrior since every time i think of that match for some reason just because of the time and the merchandising they have i always picture the wrestling buddies little stuff i still have mine i still still have my ultimate warrior wrestling buddy I gave it to my son. I haven't checked on it in a while. It might not still be in one piece. (laughs) But when have we seen a match just... It doesn't seem like we've seen a match really of that type of magnitude between two stars in the WWE in a long, long time. And a title for title match. Yeah, that's right. Because Warrior was the Intercontinental title. And he won the uh, world title from Hogan that night. That's right. Such a great match. And some of the things i can remember from it you never forget the ultimate warriors entrance mm-hmm. running down i don't know how that dude had to have some insane cardio <laughs> and getting in there and shaking the ropes and you know it got you really amped up and then hogan comes in and you can't help but if i hear hogan's theme song i'm singing it yeah <laughs> you know it was such a great moment and the finish of that match is hogan we talked about this last week you know, he raised his shoulder after three. After the three count. And it's psychologically looking back at that now, it's so smart because he looked like I, would, I just came up that short. And it just such an insane He fought moment. to the end, but just didn't make it in time, basically. Yeah. And it was, as a kid, you couldn't and it ask. Keeps, it's, it's, a, it's a great finish for a wrestling match because it keeps both your baby faces strong. You can come back to that match if you have to later. You know, and you know, looking looking back at it, and knowing the history of Hogan and Warrior now, mm-hmm. 
it kind of taints your image, you know. When yeah. you see it from my side, you see and you know all the details of what happened afterwards in the in the next few years and everything, and you you hear on the documentaries. <clears throat> excuse me. You hear on the documentaries of what happened after that and everything, and you know it, it kind of taints your memory of it, and it puts it leaves a bad taste in my <clears throat> mouth when I look back at that match, you know. But for fans, it's an awesome match. It's, yep. a, it's a great match. And at the time, I was a kid, too. I watched that match. I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was great, you know. But, you know, it's it, in this case, it's one of those instances, in my case, when you look at that match and you go, I know too damn much. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, I've, I was listening to, uh, I think, Hogan was on Chris Jericho's podcast. And he talked, and right before Warrior passed away, they kind of reconciled. Yes, yes, they and, did reconcile, which and, was great. I yeah. thought I thought it was awesome because you know. But it's sad in the same. They they've got a documentary on the network right now. Um, that's I think it is actually occasionally playing on uh, the live feed, and it's it's a WrestleMania backstage deal. Yeah. And uh, if you watch it, you actually get to see on there Hogan and Warrior reconciling backstage. That's awesome. I'm and glad that I'm glad that happened, and I, I'm I'm really glad that happened too because it needed to happen. And that last promo warrior cut before, you know what happened happened. That was he still could cut insanely good yeah, promos yeah. as That's, a 54 year old. It's so weird though. It's yep. so weird for to cut that promo and then like the next day he's gone. Yeah, because what he said in the promo, what it's, it's almost yeah. like it was almost like premonition. Like he knew. What was going to happen? It was so just, you know, prophetic. I mean, almost to a level that, you know, you're just like, oh my God, you know, did he know? Yeah. Did he know he was on his last leg, you know? Because yeah. you, you look at the you look at the Hall of Fame speech and you look at all that. Mm-hmm. He was sweating. Oh, when yeah. He was talking. It looked like, it looked like he was he redder was... than that Mike Allstock jersey yeah. sitting over there. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was looking, he was looking worse for wear. He really was. And he was on, he was on his last leg health wise. He really was. Yeah. It didn't look like the nervous sweat. I mean, it no, like, no. Completely like uncomfortable in his own body. And all he did was, was walk wrong. out and start talking. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was hard. It was hard seeing him in that state of health. You know, because and I and even when he came out and was shaking the ropes, he wasn't really he wasn't shaking, shaking the ropes. He grabbed the rope and the rope shook him. Yeah, yeah. It shook him back. Yeah, <laughs> so sad. But yeah, you know, great great match for the time though. Great it's match. Something for the else time. about that match though. That's one of the few times, or one of the rare times really, that a main event was two baby faces. Yep. Absolutely. And yep. I'm going to use that as a segue into my next. WrestleMania uh, match, Rock and Austin 2, also from WrestleMania 17. Great match. Going yeah. into it, they were both face, you know, Austin had won the Rumble that year, Rock had just beat Kurt Angle for the title, and the promo package video that was they cut for that Oh yeah, was so amazing. I remember, you know, Limp Biscuit My Way was used on it. I mean, if you, I still go back and just watch that package. You know, without even watching the match, and that that will get you pumped up for the match. We know that's something that whoever does these packages for the WWE, I hope he's paid well because he is extremely good for uh, good at his job. I remember a couple years ago there was a Miz, the Miz Cena, the yeah. highlight package leading up to that match was better than the match. Yeah, but is <laughs> me and I remember me and my buddy Joe, we were talking about it, and he's like, dude. That highlight package was sick. Like. <laughs> and you see, it's not even just one person. You, you you can't 
put everything on one person in WWE. I mean, look at Vince Russo. That's all I got to say. You know, <laughs> Vince Russo was part of the writing team. Oh, I was part of the writing team during the Attitude Era. I'm just going to take credit for all that crap that they did back then and there and everything. And then he goes to WCW and kills the company. <laughs> well, you know. well, that wasn't all Vince Russo. We can get into that another day. Yeah, yeah. But still, Vince it was. Russo, it had a lot to do with Vince Russo. Because <laughs> he didn't a, have anybody there to nail him down. You know? Yeah, he didn't have but a like, filter. But back to, back, to my, back to my point. We're getting off the subject. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's uh, all right. That's all right. The... It's teams. Yes. And WWE is awesome at putting together production teams. Mm-hmm. And they, they're backstage people and they're camera people. I've worked with them. They are awesome. They are the best people in the business. Wait, they know the angles to get. They know the they know what they want and they know what they want to see. And if they don't get it, they're going to make you do it seven times before they get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, The only guy we've ever worked for WWE is Kevin, who always handles the... The seat, seat fillers. fillers. <laughs> the seat fillers. Oh, God. But he instructed us on how to be a part of the Yes Movement. So. Yes, All that's right. right. Forever we grateful. Occupy Raw, baby. Yes. All right, guys. Yes. Put your heads up. Yes. Put your fingers in the air. My shoulder still and... hurts because of that. <laughs> but uh, going back to your match, Rock versus Austin, man. Great buildup. Great match. Those two guys had an innate chemistry that you know you, you can't see replicated. Yeah, it, it definitely topped their first match from two WrestleManias prior. And, of course, the the huge twist at the end where Austin, you know, turned heel and actually joined forces with Vince McMahon. You know, nobody saw that coming. Yeah. You get you get a couple of ring generals. And that's that's our that's our terminology for him in the business is right. a ring general. And it's anybody who can call a match as it's going on, know exactly what to do top to bottom, get a match going, and know and have the crowd in the palm of your hand. That's the terminology we use for it. It's called a ring general. You had two top-notch ring generals in the ring at WrestleMania X7. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll say 17. I can't Just say, say 17. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you had two ring generals in the ring. You had Rock, who had grown up in the business. Grown up in the business, by the way. Harvey Whippleman, <laughs> best friends with The Rock, by the way. I've got I've got a story I've got to tell you eventually about Rock and Harvey Whippleman. That's pretty cool. Um, but um, Austin, again, had been in the business forever. had had just constantly been in the business forever, and had been you know honing his craft, biding his time. Got his moment at WrestleMania 14 to win the WWE Championship. That whole year was his, and and every year after that yep. was his from that moment on. So, I mean, you had two guys in the ring who it was just right place, right time, right See, chemistry, right everything. They, they knew how to read the crowd as mm-hmm. to where to go. Um, you know, that whole pay-per-view, as far as WrestleMania goes, if we were going to rank WrestleManias, I'm having that one near the top. That's my all-time favorite. I mean, all-time favorite WrestleMania, all-time favorite pay-per-view. I mean, well, top your, to bottom, that card. Your other amazing. match was in that same card, yeah, wasn't two it? two of my top <laughs> matches were in that, on the pay-per-view. It, it, well, actually, there's a match that I really enjoyed. It's not on my list tonight, and I'm not going to put it in my favorite all-time, but it opened up at Jericho Regal. Great wrestling match. Great yeah. build-up. That was right after great Regal. Feud. Um, has started becoming the commissioner, the commissioner of the WWE, Regal. and uh, Chris Jericho peed in his tea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and 
it's absolutely a great card. Um, let's go ahead and move on to Daniel. You're up, bud. All right. I'm, I'm going with uh, Jericho versus the Legends. Which WrestleMania was that? Believe it or not, that was 25. That was 25 again. Yeah. That I was 25. That you know, yeah. you're supposed to like get different wrestling. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right, I'm, yeah. kidding. Um, I'm going to come up with a different one here in a minute. <laughs> but no, uh, Jericho versus the Legends. Uh, my, favorite ma- my favorite part of that match was seeing Steamboat back in the ring. Like he hadn't and missed a step. Like he had not missed a step. And I was watching it with other wrestlers. And we came out of our chairs when Steamboat started throwing arm drags like it was WrestleMania (laughs) 3 all over again. I was never a wrestler, never trained or anything. Even I could tell he threw the best arm drags. Yes. Oh, yeah. He threw an arm drag like it was nobody's business. And he was doing it at like 50-something. Yeah. Absolutely great. And I think he he even had like a small couple of match run after that. I know Mm. he wrestled. I think it was one-on-one against Jericho. You know, shortly after, it and may still, have been the next pay per view that year. I'm not sure. And he still looked great. Yeah, yep. it's absolutely amazing. Who else was in that match? Piper and Snooka. Snooka. Yeah, Piper and Snooka uh, were pretty much in and out. You know, they they came in and they went out. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a it was elimination uh, handicap match, I believe. Yep. And uh, I can't remember who was the first to get out. I want to say it was Piper. I know Piper was started the match. Okay. I don't remember the order they went out but I mean I knew it went down too but yeah when uh, it got down to Steamboat, Steamboat that's when yeah. it started cooking yep. and it was like whoa but it was hey. all, it was almost <laughs> a build up to get Steamboat in like exactly. everybody knew he was the one to watch yeah. the other ones were there just for nostalgic reasons and then but. you know I, I, I we, we were even uh, we watched it at uh, Hooters downtown in Memphis and uh, huge wrestling following down there for oh, any yeah. WWE pay-per-view and uh, we were at our table, and when Steamboat started throwing them arm drags, we started hollering, and everybody else in the room started hollering. <laughs> it was like, ah! Well, so can I ask you this? Who were you watching it with, just out of curiosity? Um, I was watching it with Nightmare Ken Wayne, my trainer. Um, a couple of... Uh, one NXT alumni, uh, Kevin Nickel. Uh, he was... Knuckles the Clown. He was... He was <laughs> yeah. No, he had about gonna, six different... Hey, I'm gonna, he has about it, six different gimmicks in NXT. I tell you what, I want Kevin Nichols on this show. He will get on this I show. Want, I, you know what? He can even come to this house and sit around and record it with us. <laughs> You're going to have to edit half the interview because he's going to be cussing like that, a sailor. We'll, but... we'll, put it, we'll, put it, we'll put in the explicit on that rating. We will put in explicit content. That <laughs> will only I be want, available for I download want, on the adult side of iTunes. Because <laughs> he had... You know, like you said, he had a couple of gimmicks in NXT, and I want to talk to him because one of them would have been great, I think, had they mm-hmm. not gone. We're not gonna. I don't want to go into any We're not, sports yeah, yet, but anyone was there? We'll, anyone we'll else? Talk with him about it. Um, I can't. I can't remember off the top of my head. Most of the guys I was with, I was I was uh, watching it with guys who were in the wrestling school with me. Cool. Um, most notable ones: Eric Wayne, Ken Son, uh, Kid Nichols. At the time, that was his working name Kid Nichols was Kevin Nichols name um, main attraction Matt Justice he uh, I, I believe he's working over in Texas now um, cool. there was a couple other wrestlers in there and everything Dustin Starr was he there uh, he wasn't at that one no okay. he wasn't at that one but I have I have watched pay-per-views at, at Hooters uh, once or twice before with yeah him. and you've worked a couple yeah. matches with him I think I think I've seen some of this stuff yes on YouTube. I am on YouTube with uh, Dustin Starr at uh, New Experience Wrestling 
um, you can uh, YouTube that. And uh, we had a couple of good matches. On yeah, he was. Head. He was like he made a good cocky heel. Yes, he did. He and uh, he's a, he's an NXT alumni as well. Oh, really? I didn't he, even know. He he only got uh, contracted as a referee though. Oh. And okay. uh, I think he stayed down there for about eight or nine months. And uh, you know, I, I'm not sure on the specifics about uh, what happened there, but uh, I'm not even sure he wants to even tell anybody what happened there. But yeah, uh, maybe we can get just, him one day. We might be able to get him on here one day. Yeah, I'm sure we can. I'm sure he's local. Okay. Oh, you know, that's one thing I want to be a folk. I want. We're going to try to get more local wrestling on this show. Yes. Um, and it's going to be great. I, I have big plans. My dad, I know Brandon Baxter. I, I definitely need to I definitely need to mention one thing. Uh, I can I can have a rant before we go off the air today um, about one thing. Because uh, you had your little rant about the Intercontinental title <laughs> hey last, man, last time. This is our show. <laughs> if it's wrestling related, we're going to talk about it. No, There's no topic we won't hit. I got you. Let's go back to your match, though. <laughs> Jericho versus the legend. We kind of got off in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jericho is one of those guys I think he can work with a lot of people and get good matches out of. Kind of like Triple H, which I'm sure we'll have Triple H in a couple. Uh, we have to have him because he's had so many great matches in WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. But he's just, Jericho's just one of those guys that knows how to work a crowd. He He's put on great matches. He's very charismatic. and He, know, he makes a good bad guy, and he makes a good face. I mean, he's he's... I think he's actually better as a heel myself because that's when he really gets to be himself. Like when Jericho in WCW, when he started doing his conspiracy bit. And <laughs> Jer- Jericho's comedy segments always got me when he, he was insulting Stephanie McMahon. Oh, those are when great. he'd come yeah, out and bully oh. Stephanie McMahon around during... Yeah, oh, I, don't think he could say, I, could, I don't think he could say uh, what he said back then. No! The, uh, <laughs> the PG era. But, um, but going back, the, the, the conspiracy angle with him walking around Washington asking people if... Dean Malenko should have won the match, or and it, it was so great. And he used to do stuff when I think he came out to a ring and he just looked at the camera and said, "I want you to want me." Yeah. Like, why do we? <laughs> he, interview, uh, he interviewed the homeless woman in DC. Yeah, it was a whole <laughs> whole big bit about that. It was hilarious. Yeah, and he, the funny the funny thing about that, um, if you watch some of the Monday Night War segments. Uh, Jericho will tell you, he was he was he was doing anything he could to get TV oh, time. Oh, exactly, he absolutely was, anything he, ma- he, he could. Ma- he maximized that time. Yeah, uh, he you know I think one point he t- uh, in one of his books he uh, talked about like Eric Bischoff came to him behind stage and he's like, hey, Big Show's going to come out interfere. You're going to join the NWO. And Jericho actually told Eric Bischoff like. I like where I'm at right now. I really don't want to be in the NWO. Yeah, well, everybody was in the NWO. <laughs> well, and Eric Bischoff was like, all right, Big Show's still going to interfere in your match. And then we walked away, and Jericho was like, what the hell does that serve? Yeah. So, Jericho is my all-time favorite professional wrestler. Uh, I'm a big fan of the guy. I've watched all of his matches. Uh, I'll maybe get into him in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and maybe. move on to... I think it's your turn. It'll be your is turn. It, is it my turn? Okay. Well, this is my last of the three for this series tonight. Um, Chris Jericho. If you read any of his books, you don't. If say. you if you <laughs> if you listen to him on podcasts, one of the things that um, when he first got started as a professional wrestler, he wanted to be like Shawn Michaels. His first match against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania was absolutely incredible. That's one yeah. of my favorites. They hit spots out there that were great. You know, uh, Shawn Michaels went for a Hurricane Rana. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, Shawn Michaels went for a Hurricane Rana. 
Jericho reversed it into uh, Walls of Jericho, Walls. and I, I had a buddy of mine that was a real big Michaels fan. He texted me, and he just goes, oh, shit. <laughs> he thought, but it was a false finish. The match went on. And Jericho and Michaels are both of those guys. They're going to give you all they've got every match because, quite frankly, you paid to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on that match? I just like the ending of it. I remember, you know, they wasn't that the one where uh, they got up, hugged each other, went for the hug, and then Jericho goes with the low blow. Like, now, let's not... He didn't even do a low blow. He kicked it, him right in the balls. Him. Right <laughs> in the balls. He kicked him in the ding ding. Ding ding. But it, and, you know, that was part what was great about the Jericho Hill character. You know, you thought, oh, Jericho's going to count on his face. Nope. Yeah. He's going to stay where he needs to be. He's yep. finally going to show respect to him after all this. Yep. Yeah. Nope. What pay-per-view was that on? Which WrestleMania? Well, I know it was on WrestleMania. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I think it was 19. Sounds great, about... Great booking, though. Great booking. Uh, great storytelling. You, you know, know those, it, it's also... Jericho knew the how, the business and what the best for it was. I don't think he's ever put himself before wrestling, the wrestling business. At least in my eye, he didn't. You know, if you go back to, if you guys remember when uh, NXT was real big, mm-hmm. the Nexus, I'm sorry, not NXT, when Nexus came Nexus. in, John Cena booked NXT's a finish. real big right now. I, I remember that thoroughly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But, um, when, the but yeah, Nexus, Nexus, yeah. when the Nexus started, John Cena came up with a finish like he wanted to get DDT'd on the outside, and then he rallies back and beats the Nexus to win the thing, and Jericho... And Edge were like, Edge actually said, I'm out of the match by then, whatever. Yeah. And Jericho was like, John, that finish is going to kill the Nexus. Yeah. They go through with it. Guess what happened to the Nexus? It kills, <laughs> it kills the Nexus. And John, John Cena actually tells Chris Jericho, yeah, I was wrong. You were right. So it's one of those things where Chris Jericho really knows what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And at that time, he knew, yeah, I guess HBK needs to go over. But I'm going to be sure. And Jericho's a great storyteller. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I mean, absolutely. great storyteller. He knows, and, and, and that's part of what you were talking about, that it, he knows what needs to be done to get somebody over, to get the angle over, to get the, peop- get the people wanting to watch TV and wanting to watch the storyline and every, everything. And that one comeback where he came out and didn't say a word for, like, what, three weeks in a row? That's right. Yeah. And just ran was, around hey, the ring. Well, guess what that was? Right here, here in Memphis, Memphis Tennessee. Yeah, that, his, that was his return night. Was oh here man, in I, I, I we were at that show and I lost it. Yeah. And I think you and your girlfriend were there. Yeah, and you were like, "Watch Derek," because I'm like freaking yep. out. <laughs> ah, was, that, was that the first time he came out with the light up jacket? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was. That was. That I'm was, sure you and were it was just that, like. You <laughs> needed a cigarette after that, it, probably. It had a it had a good build up too because that was where they kept running the big nets with the little kids. Yeah. And so you didn't know what the hell it was, or, and when yeah, it turned out to Jer- first off, the crowd popped. Oh yeah. It's the only time in the WWE where I've seen a guy come out, get a pop. Leave getting booed. Yeah. In like five, ten minutes. That's how, what type of performer he is. I think he even went down the aisle, started getting booed, came back, and yeah, went around the yeah, ring again and started che- getting cheered again, and then he left, and then he boos again. It's, Jericho <laughs> had, knew how to read crowds. Because yeah. when he got in the ring, you know, he was just, you know, taking it all in, playing off the crowd. 
picks up the mic and right before he's about to talk he just smiles and walks around the ring again yeah. and gets back in there and everybody's like okay what's he gonna say who's he going after and he drops the mic again and just runs around the ring giving high fives <laughs> and then leaves well then he, and he was doing like the, you know how some wrestlers will get different sections of the crowd pumped up yeah. he's doing that too and man Jericho is such a performer for the WWE and it sucks I mean it's good for him because he's having a lot of fun you know he's been doing a house show tour he hasn't done any TV yeah. he's still been touring with the WWE and you're not so you know I, I, he's having a good time he says because he says the live events are what's fun for those oh, yeah. guys Yeah. and you know I'm glad he's having a good time and I'm still his podcast is great I our talk is Jericho be sure to listen to it it's an absolutely great podcast he just had Justin Gabriel on this past week who quit the WWE mm-hmm. it was a good interview highly suggest it you know, probably weird pushing another podcast, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe he's going to hear this one day and say, oh, hey, thanks, Derek. And uh-huh. I'll be like, I'll be on your show. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's and then we get him on and we can't get him to talk. <laughs> That's what he does. He just... <laughs> so you have a wrestling podcast, right? <laughs> we, we would have to do video for that because he would probably just sit here in that light up jacket and not say a word. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Daniel? Let's go to your last pick for this series. Um, I, did Mike get one? We'll get him last. Okay. Um, actually, I think I'm going to go with one I didn't write down. Because uh, thinking about it, you know, and I've got to think about the one I thought of before. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hang on a minute. i got to look at what I wrote down. Sorry. It was the Iron Man match. Iron Man match. That's right. With Sean, Sorry, not I to can't steal your, my own writing. Not to, that's, well, that's actually my handwriting. Um, Iron Man match. Yeah. So we're gonna. Is this one we'll come back to? Yeah. The series. Well, you know, the, the Iron Man is something that's done very few times. Very few times. Um, and you've mentioned that you want that match to come back. I want the match to come back. Yeah, we mentioned last time I wanted the match to come back, and you know, it's it's. It's so funny because WWE has changed into such a, you know, entertainment. This is your this is your time. You don't go over your time. Yeah. You use your time. And you fit everything in your time. <laughs> and if you're a diva, you don't get time. And if you go 5 minutes <laughs> over your time, we're going to fire your ass. You know, I mean, it's that serious, you know? If you're taking five minutes away from this, you take five minutes away from our advertisers, you take five minutes away from everybody else on the show, you're fired, uh, you know. And that's the way it works. Because it's all about the time. You're given a specific amount of time, that's how you utilize it. I don't think they're willing to give any two guys on the roster an hour to wrestle Well, anymore. it depends on... It, it was, I guarantee you, Triple H won an hour, an hour he's going to get an hour. Mm-hmm. If he wanted him and Sting, I don't think Sting could go for an hour these days. I think I read somewhere that during Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart match, fans were actually leaving the arena. Wow. I think I read that somewhere. I'm not sure where I read that, but uh, I I think that it was just the fact that they were wrestling for an hour Mm -hmm. and nobody wanted to see anybody wrestling for an hour. You know, and... WrestleMania at that time was more it was more for celebrity. Yep. You know, oh, yeah. you you well, went you went to WrestleMania if we were of a celebrity status than anything else, you know. And it's become it's become more, you know, lavish and we're in like, you know, three hundred thousand seat arenas now and everything and whatnot and you're you're in stadiums and you know, on football fields and stuff like that. And you you 
you wind up, you know, anybody can go to WrestleMania now. Where back then, you had to be somebody special to be in the arena at WrestleMania. You mm-hmm. had to know somebody who could get you tickets to WrestleMania, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, it's it's all about it's all about giving time. And I don't think they're willing to give time anymore to guys for an hour, especially. Well, you know, okay. And unless the next Kurt Angle comes along, which... They don't have another Kurt Angle. There never will no. be another Kurt Angle. That guy's a freaking wrestling machine. There's plenty of guys that are coming up the roster who are developing in NXT who are NCAA wrestlers. Yep. That, well, there's some, there's you know, some, there's they some, can go an hour. There's some guys. I've gone 45 minutes. Yep, I had to go 45 minutes for my test, you know, <laughs> when I was training. And the graduation was an hour to go, to go a full wrestling match for an hour. And I kept looking over at the coach going... Give me my hour now. I've, I've, we cruised through forty-five minutes. You know, <laughs> me, and, me and the guy I was going with. It was it was graduation time right then and there. But he wouldn't pull the trigger. So, but going going an hour is taxing mentally, physically, in every single oh, way. Oh, well, yeah. You push I, the limits of what you can do. Well, I'm sure, and I'm sure it's one of those things where you have to pace yourself very carefully. Yes. Um, you don't want to start. You can start off fast, but you probably have to slow it down right in the middle there. Mm-hmm. Couple rest holds, and you know, there's there's even critics that I've heard. You know, people are like, "Oh, well, why would you wrestle for an hour? You wrestle for an hour because you can." And I was one of the very few guys, and I'm still one of the very few guys in the area that could probably put together a 45 minute match. We were in where were we at that night? We were in Arkansas at a show, and the entire front half of the card actually I'll take I'll, I'll go even further than that half the card wasn't there yet me and my wait a opponent minute, wait a how far ahead of time <laughs> no this was at bell time they would show up at bell time they weren't even showing up at bell time Jeez, so Bill Dundee comes to me and Eric Wayne now can you do if you're going to say something and Bill Dundee, can you talk like Bill Dundee? I I, I could try, but I there I wouldn't I'll even get close. I'll tell you something, brother. I'll tell you something, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're gonna have to work on your Bill Dundee. I, I yeah I that's the heaviest Australian accent I've ever heard in my life. Oh, I'm sure it's thick. Whew. But anyway, I'm sorry. To anyway, your story. Bill Dundee comes. Bill Dundee comes to us because number one, he knows Ken's guys can do at least thirty minutes, and we did a twenty-five minute draw that night. I was peel. Wow, you don't see that he anymore. He was face, and technically, I think we actually wrestled longer because the guys hadn't gotten to the arena yet. <laughs> it was, I, just, I mean, I think they were sending messages out to the ring as we were wrestling. You know, they were sending messages out to the referee, going, "You know, they're gonna go another five minutes because <laughs> ain't nobody here yet." <laughs> while we're on the subject, what was it like working with someone like Bill Dundee? Who, if you're a fan of Memphis wrestling. He's one of your guys you grew up watching. Every Saturday morning, I saw that was awesome. Um, I got to I got to work with Bill in um, a working capacity. I wrestled Bill in a match, and uh, you know, backstage getting advice from Bill on uh, three or four shows actually, mm-hmm. and uh, ran into him in Germantown <laughs> at my cool. shoot job. He was picking up medication at the Walgreens, and I was like. <laughs> Hey, Bill. He's like, oh, hey, mate. <laughs> hey, mate. How you doing? Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, 
he's an he's just an awesome guy. I mean, and there's there's uh, several guys I know who trained with Bill, and uh, he's just he's just an awesome individual and still wrestling. Wow, and he's That's incredible. probably early sixties. Wow, mm. you know, and well, I'm sure it's a lot more punches these days. Than it was, <laughs> it's always punches. Have you ever watched a Bill Dundee match? <laughs> Have you ever watched a Memphis wrestling oh, match, yeah, Derek? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we grew up on Memphis wrestling, man. You know, you know, Bill can knock your head off. Come on, but no, uh, it, it it was an honor to be in the ring with Bill, and it was an honor to get advice from Bill and pick Bill's brain about stuff and everything. So, but yeah, um, but back to the back to the getting time and everything. You know, it's it's taxing. You know, it's a taxing match, and you don't really appreciate it until you're in the shoes mm-hmm. of someone trying imagine, to pull a match imagine. out. At 25 minutes 35 minutes 45 minutes an hour you know and I've done it I think they did it right at Wrestlemania the way it needed to be done and it was awesome the storyline they told about oh, yeah, the boyhood yeah. dream oh, of yeah. Shawn Michaels and winning the world title finally it was I believe correct me if I'm wrong was Roddy Piper that set the match right or was that a different one I thought he because he was the one that came up with the one hour Time limit, and then he had to make the decision because it went into overtime, right? Uh, or am I thinking of a different Iron Man match? No, you're th- I think you're thinking of a different Iron Man okay. match because okay. uh, they had they had a referee out there, they had a normal referee, and then uh, it went to a draw, and then it went into sudden death overtime when Gorilla Monsoon, who okay. was president of yeah. WWE at the time, walked out there and said, "Yeah, you know, it's got to be a winner. We're not going to have this at WrestleMania. You guys got to." wrestle until there's a winner and they're going to sunday death overtime and next pinfall ends and wow yeah this super kick is over <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move on to mics i want to save mics for last we we talked about these beforehand just so we all had different matches mike uh the one you picked i was going to pick <laughs> you jerk but that shows how good of a match it well, was. Well, exactly, and it, it, it's for this pay per view. It was the best wrestling match on the card. Mike, take it away. Macho Man and Ricky the Steamboat. WrestleMania, WrestleMania three. three. Oh, you yeah. know, I was talking with someone today, my buddy Kent, and we talked. He talked about like because uh, I told him what we were going to do tonight, and he said, "What about Hogan Andre? H- Hogan Andre? It had the biggest moment in WrestleMania history, but the best match that night." Was that Savage Steamboat? I mean, those two. Savage was such a great wrestler. Mm-hmm. So many arm drags. <laughs> well, when you're when that's what you're the best at. I mean, when you, those arm drags looked like they hurt a lot. Yeah. yeah. And Savage, another Memphis alumni. That's right. Absolutely. Another Memphis alumni came up through the ranks in Memphis and the territory surrounding. And uh, well, you know what's crazy just, is. Savage like had the talent to be a professional baseball player. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. something I think he got hurt or something. So it looks like it was like a knee injury yeah. or something like that. So he became a professional <laughs> wrestler, wrestler. Yeah. and he became one of the greatest of all time. There was nothing like a Savage promo because you still really don't know what the point was, mm-hmm. but you were like, "Hey, this guy's talking He's really cool." He's gonna come out and fight. I mean, and Ricky Steamboat Dragon, or Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for that matter. You know, he spent his whole career. Working as a face. Never turned once. Never turned once. Mm-hmm. And the guy could go in the ring. Yeah. I mean, he, it's... There's nothing... I don't know what what you can... What else you can say about this match other than probably it was a perfect match. And it goes back to something that we kind of talked about last, uh, last episode. It was for the Intercontinental title. It was a good Intercontinental title match. Yeah. 
back to your technical yeah, wrestling. I'm, tr- I'm going trying with the Intercontinental I'm, Title. I'm trying not to get fired up about that <laughs> yeah, again. Calm down. I, I got. I, I said my piece on it last week, and you know, I, I, in that list I gave everyone, that was just a small sample of the people oh, that have yeah. been the Intercontinental Champion. Um, I don't want to get fired up again. I don't want to get fired <laughs> up again. I'm starting to get fired up again, and I've been thinking about this. You know, we talked about how to elevate that title. If they were serious about doing it, Daniel Bryan's walking out of that match with the Intercontinental Championship. If I don't know if I, I wouldn't call it a step down for him, because for, for someone like him who has the respect for the wrestling business, he would carry that title right. He actually still says the term wrestling. He said mm-hmm. it in his promos before. Right. That's the way to elevate the Intercontinental <laughs> title. Mm-hmm. I'd hate I hate that it's not. This isn't a one on one match. It's going to be a ladder match. But. I think it's got potential to steal the show, though. Well, just by who's in it. Daniel Bryan's in and it. Who else? Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler, Ambrose, uh, Barrett, R Truth, Cody Rhodes. I think that's it. I they might add a person. few more. Yeah, they may still add it. Uh, I hope that's that's kind of diluting the pool, if you ask me. But yeah. no one has. They might throw gold dust I in mean, there for good. You know, and, they might do that. And there's rumors that that's where Sheamus will come back. It'll yeah. be a surprise entrant. And I would kind of I be wish, upset if he won the Intercontinental I wish title. If he comes back, he's going to win it. And I wish people could see the look on my face right now. Because <laughs> that would... It, it's Bautista. You know, if, <laughs> if they, if they, here's how I would book the Sheamus coming back. If you want him to come back in a big match with a lot of people, have him come back and win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. That makes more sense to me. Do not put the Intercontinental Champion on him. Right. Yeah. That would... Yeah. I agree it makes with you more on that. Sense. Have him win the Battle Royal. Yeah. It makes more sense. Yeah, you had Cesaro win it last year, which didn't do shit for him. Yeah, because <laughs> you end up destroying the title or the uh, trophy a couple weeks later. But you know, they did give him a new one though a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's oh, that's he good. posted I'm it glad. on Twitter. He they gave him oh, a new that, title. Oh, well, that was awfully uh, nice of them. Trophy. And I'm like, hey, it's WrestleMania. Where's your trophy? <laughs> oh, yeah. y'all smashed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn, we forgot about that. Uh, we gotta make you another oh, one. Oh yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess if we want to do this yearly, we're going to need a yearly championship for it. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what I would do if I were bringing back Sheamus. Have him come back in the Battle Royal, clean house, win the thing. Do not have him come in and win the Intercontinental title. Because someone may just steal it anyway, because that's how stupid this angle is. I was I was backstage at uh, one of the shows uh, this past year, and uh, it was during Sheamus' downtime, and he just happened to be backstage. I did not recognize him right off the bat. Because his entire face was shaven. He did not have a beard. He did not have a single f- strand of facial hair across his face. He looked completely different. <laughs> it looked very awkward. <laughs> I imagine he really looked like Beaker. <laughs> yeah. He really, he, he could have passed for him, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Just walking around. <laughs> oh, man. That, that made me think of the Muppets on Raw, which that was totally stupid, too. It was stupid, but it's funny. <laughs> Beaker was, or, yeah, Beaker was funny, but... That was, and maybe I guess uh, Jack Swagger telling someone he's gonna turn him eat and eat frog legs, waka waka. That was, mm-hmm. but you know that's that's the genius that is Jack Swagger. Yep. So guys, we're gonna wrap up this segment. Uh, we're gonna take a small break. We're gonna come back to this every week until WrestleMania, which is only a couple weeks. So I guess we don't have really much more time to do this. So then we got about two or three. Yeah. Yeah, but we're going to wrap up this segment and take a small break. Stick right there. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Oversell Podcast. 
Be sure you're following us on Twitter. That's at Oversell Podcast. I am at Shropnuts, S-C-H-R-O-E-P-N-U-T-S. Still hard to spell even it, for you. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I am at WolfMike23. I'm at One Dangerous Dan. That is O-N-E, not, O-N-E, the, not num- the number. At One Dangerous Dan. Also, be sure you check us out, OversellPodcast.com, where we're going to be posting some great content. Dan, you are you looking all right over there? You, you I don't okay? Know. I don't you know. seem I, I you feel, seem flustered. I feel a little anxious. <laughs> What's up, man? What's up? Well, <clears throat> there is a little bit of a local stir going on over in Arkansas, um, and I've seen it kind of blow up on Facebook here lately. The Athletic Commission over in Arkansas is constantly sticking its nose into professional wrestling in the state of Arkansas. And it's pretty much killed almost 90% of the shows in Arkansas. Wow. And basically, when you run, an, when you run a show on the Athletic Commission, you have, to, uh, you have to send them an application to run a show, first of all, and it has to be approved by them. They want a cut of the door. They want a cut of the ticket sales. Every person on your roster has to pay $20 for a wrestling license. So, you, you, if you paid $20, you could be a professional wrestler in Arkansas, by the way. (laughs) Side job. That's it. (laughs) Sweet. No training required. Don't have to graduate from anywhere. Just got to pay $20 and you get a wrestler's license. How about that? So... And this is per show. This is per show. Well, yeah, wrestlers' license lasts all year, but you know it expires. I think they all expire in something like June or July, and you have to reapply and pay for it and everything like that. And if you're not suspended, you get another license. It's great. You know, my problem with it is, you come across the river to Tennessee. They don't consider professional wrestling a sport. They consider it entertainment. So guess what? The Athletic Commission in Tennessee doesn't give two craps about professional wrestling. At a show, a week or so ago, a fan jumped in, jumped the barricade and went after a manager over at ASWF in Tuckerman, Arkansas. Who was the manager? The manager was Jason the Brain. And I'm not exactly sure what went down from the point that the fan jumped over the rail to the point where they got to Jason. I, I want to say Jason cut them off the, like the fan was headed to the ring or something. And Jason just cut him off. Never punched him, never kicked him, just grabbed him and held him until security got there and escorted the fan out. Which is what a lot of wrestlers, I'm, I assume, do. Yes. Well, some if you'd have made it in the ring, you probably would have been going out in the ambulance. <laughs> right, right. We've seen that before. Yeah. If you get in the ring, you're fair game. That's what we're taught from day that's, one. You know, that's if a fan gets in the ring and you don't know what's happening, you better that's, you better hope you paid up your health insurance and you mm-hmm. wrote your will out. I think that's what Kevin's told us. Like, <laughs> if you ever if you try to think about jumping that barricade and getting in the ring, you're in their element. And yeah. what happens to you is on you, and then you're going to jail. Exactly. Yeah, they said you're going to go to, go, you're going to take a ride in the ambulance. Yeah. Then you're probably going straight to jail. Yeah. You're going to get hurt, <laughs> and then you're going to jail. <laughs> it's pretty much, it's pretty much a given. So this incident happens, right? 
The Athletic Commission says that the next show that's supposed to happen at the 21st is not going to happen. The next show that's going to happen in the, at the 21st of, in, of March, ASWF Tuckerman, Arkansas, it can't happen because the promotion has been suspended for one month because a fan got touched. Of their own volition. <laughs> of their own volition. The fan jumped the barricade, was going to jump in the ring, got grabbed, got hauled out, and now the show is suspended. What Canceled, kinda? whatever what do you, whatever you want to call it. Right. It's not going to happen because the Athletic Commission is going to put a well, stop you know, to it. I'm going to try my best not to cuss on this podcast, but I'm going to ask this. What kind of backwards-ass shit is that? It is backwards. And if you saw the budget that I saw three years ago at the Athletic States Commission's little thing that they put on every year where they go over their budget and, and you know, people can people are allowed to show up for public, you know, access or whatever, and, you know, they're actually able to see the budget and everything. I think I looked over it, and they took in 8000 something like $8,500, right? Expenses... License fees, all that, that was included in all their stuff for the year. You know, they took in all that money. The Athletic Commission spent somewhere near to $8,470 paying commissioners, paying whoever got paid to be on the board, paying for expenses to drive out to wrestling shows, paying for whatever it took to govern the Athletic Commission. So, that year, the Athletic Commission made the state of Arkansas $30. <laughs> that was literally what they turned in on the budget that year. Wow. And it had it on paper. I was really surprised that they were really willing to well, bone up and put that on paper. <laughs> now, has, it, has it always been like this? Yes. Uh, that it's always been? Since I was, I've, I've wrestled for six years wow. up until April. The Athletic Commission in Arkansas has always been like this. So, now and is that just... I've, I, I know what it is. I know what it is. They do not want professional wrestling in Arkansas. On the independent level, they do not want Oh, it. so like, I guarantee you if the WWE comes through, they don't get... No, 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 no. No, no, no. WWE, unless it's like a really like top-notch, state-of-the-art athletic commission, like up in Missouri, where you have to get checked out by a doctor before you go in the ring, on site. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I've never, I've never wrestled in Missouri. I've heard stories, though. <laughs> so, but, uh, I mean, unless it's like that, you're not going to, you you're not going to have athletic commission getting up in WWE's business. Mm-hmm. Mainly because WWE is basically an economy booster. Wherever they go, an event will bring fans from all over the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, people come from England and you know whatever. They fly across, They fly over here just to go to WWE shows sometimes. And you know, <clears throat> like I said, they're an economy booster, so they get tax breaks from the local government. I guarantee you. The Arkansas State Athletic Commission is not getting up in WWE's business whenever they go into Little Rock or you know Jonesboro and run a house show or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're not getting up in their business. They're not getting whatever because 
WWE will pay them a, a tax break or, you know, they'll get a tax break from the county or whatever because they're an economy booster, you know. People drive from Tennessee to go to Arkansas to see WWE. People mm-hmm. will drive from Mississippi to go to Arkansas to see WWE. People will drive from Texas to go to Arkansas to see mm-hmm. WWE. I mean, they're bringing people in from all around. It's an economy booster, so they get a break. But on the independent level, they're trying to choke out any kind of business that they can in Arkansas. And that at one point, I honestly think it was like competition. Competition-wise, um, I think people were friends with the Athletic Commission, like who were trying to run indie shows and didn't want other competition in the area. And so when they ran, they choked out the competition, you know. And basically any kind of startup groups that are trying to run wrestling shows over in Arkansas right now, you don't have a prayer because you're going to wind up paying the athletic commission at the door. All your wrestlers are going to wind up paying the athletic commission. Everybody's going to wind up paying the athletic commission. Now, I wonder if this was going on in the territory days. I highly doubt it. There's no way because down here in the Mid-South, I mean, you know, (laughs) wrestling was what you did. Yep. You went, Mm -hmm. especially in like Jonesboro, West Memphis, uh, you got Memphis, of course. Mississippi. Mississippi. Mississippi has gotten into, has also gotten into making wrestlers buy licenses and stuff wow. like that. That's, you know, and I've heard Jim Ross say this on his podcast a bunch of times, but the death of the territories has hurt the wrestling business a lot because, you know, these indie guys, they, they don't get the experience like they were getting back in. USWA back in AWA WCCW you know any now, of those I've, I've seen a resurrection of the NWA kind of come to fruition over time in the last few years where at here um, over in Texas um, there's a lot of guys and you know some of the some people some people bash the current status of the NWA Whereas it's uh, oh well, it's just a club, and you pay to put your you know you put the NWA initials on the club, you know, and you you're you're part of the NWA club, so you just got to pay your membership, and you pay that membership fee, and you're part of the NWA club. Woohoo, whatever, you know, you know, no, it's not that. It's run by business people, and they don't want to put a name on something that is not wrestling. And it's, I think it's actually got a good driving force behind it right now. I haven't met the people behind it. I've heard other, of other people talking to the people behind it. NWA Mid-South and Dyersburg uh, currently is who I work for. I uh, part-time there as an announcer. Cool. And we have wrestling. Go ahead and plug we it. We have entertainment. Plug it. You know, at NWA underscore Mid-South, NWAMidSouth.com. They've got a wrestling school. You go there. Golden Boy Greg Anthony is the one who's the head trainer there. And he, he can teach you anything you need to know about wrestling. Because he's a freaking wrestling encyclopedia. Um, well, <clears throat> do you know any... Go ahead and let's talk about it. Let's talk about this place. I want to know more about it. Um, we're This is going to be locally driven wrestling. I mean, right now we're talking about WWE because that's all we can really talk about. This mm-hmm. show's going to grow. Yeah. This is going to be a local... Memphis Wrestling Show. I, that's my envision for it. Tell me, I want to know more about this NWA in Dyersburg. NWA Mid South Dyersburg. Um, they, they've been bringing in local guys from all over. Um, 
You know, and on the independent scene, they've been bringing in guys from, say, North Carolina, um, other side of the state, you know, uh, Knoxville area, uh, up in Illinois, been bringing people from up there, uh, over into Texas, bringing bring people in from Texas, you know, and it's good because right now, the state of independent wrestling in Mid-South is actually kind of sad, well, in my opinion. Especially when you consider our history of wrestling. Yeah. I mean, this is... We should be... I'm I'm, I'm just kind of flabbergasted that we are not a developmental territory for WWE right now. Well, I mean, part of that goes like, well, if you're going to have a place, I guess have it in Florida. Yeah. I can't blame Mm -hmm. them for that. But, but you got you got the company headquarters up in Connecticut. That's you know, true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is like well we uh, we need to bring you in for a meeting, so we need to fly you into Connecticut from Florida. Holy shit! What, what were you thinking? Um, <laughs> you know, I would consider this at one point Memphis was the capital mm-hmm. of the wrestling world, and we were a developmental territory. We were at, mm. Kurt yeah, Angle. Well, Kurt and, Angle started here. Well, and yeah. when you even think about the territories. I mean, we were a major player. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, look who's look who's come out of here. Jerry mm-hmm. Lawler. You know, you, you got your normal names. You got Jerry Lawler. You got Bill Dundee. Um, PG, P, I actually watched a PG-13 debut match <laughs> in the WWE. That was an awesome match. You Did you watch those head scissors they were doing, man? I think Jamie Dundee spun around so many times his head come off. Or yeah. Something. I mean, that was... It's, it's amazing considering our history that, you know, it's just kind of fizzled out. Yeah, and and a lot of that is WWE cutting their ties. It was it it, it was a victim of the territories dying. Yep. It really was. Memphis, Memphis was a victim of the territories dying. It really it really is. And well, the, is there anyone just... in this NWA Mid South? Is there any wrestlers, maybe listeners, hopefully, <laughs> no, would know names up? Um, let's well, see. They got? Do they ever bring in like old vets from any other territories? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we were we were um, honored to have Tracy Smothers the other night. Tracy uh, Smothers, the dirty wild white boy. Wild eyes. No, no, no. The wild eyes southern boy, the original thug Tracy Smothers. Dirty white boy was Tony Anthony. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Get I got excited. Right. Yeah, right. You, know, you, you got to go back to the Coliseum days, baby. <laughs> you know, it's funny that um, Tracy Smothers was involved. When he was in ECW, full-blooded Italians. Yep. And he wasn't even Italian. Nope. <laughs> Not one bit. <laughs> Any other names that put folks out there? Um, let's see. Uh, Bill, Dun- Bill Dundee has of been course. to NWA Mid-South. Uh, they got, their Hall of Fame is called the Hall of Champions. And uh, they inducted both Bill Dundee and Tracy Smothers in the Hall of Champions. I, cool. got, I got to be there that night. They inducted uh, Tracy. It was pretty awesome. I was announcing that night. Um, and it's pretty awesome to see... Tracy work he's you know and he'll he'll be the first to tell you he's old you got to work with him he's mm-hmm. old but still he wants to give back and it's awesome to see Bill and him give back well that's that's what hopefully a lot I wish a lot of these older wrestlers would realize because you know some else like that was Terry Funk yeah Terry Funk knew he had to get the next people ready they had to get that next, yeah, you, or else it wouldn't yeah, be. A you got to put the to. next guy over. Right. You got to right, put the next right. guy over, which is exactly what I did when I retired. When I retired, they wanted to turn this one guy heel in the organization, but he'd never turned heel before. He didn't know how to do it, and I said, "Well, here's your opportunity. 
It's like, you're going to be, you know, Mr. Badass, you know, and you're going to be the face and everything. And then all of a sudden, you're going to be the one guy that comes out and pins me and ends my career. And he had so much respect for me. I felt so bad for him. He started crying. He's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, and we were like, no. He's like, know, this is what has to happen. We I have to give back. We laugh, but, you know, the fact that he had that much respect for you, I find that very, very, very And, cool. you know, I was, I was extremely lucky to earn as much respect as I did in the six years I was in the business. And I think people understood that I was determined. And if you ever got in the ring with me, you understood I was a wrestler. I was a wrestler's wrestler, and I could out-wrestle just about anybody on the card in any card within a 100-mile radius of here. And that's not bragging. That's just fact. <laughs> I was a wrestler. I was a wrestler in high school. I have a wrestler mentality. I went to Briarcrest. I wrestled for two years. Oh, uh, hey, we always beat them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Bolton had a really good wrestling program. Who was your coach out at Briarcrest? Uh, I had Coach Queen. And he, he what year did you graduate? 96. Oh, I was a freshman. Yeah. <laughs> I you didn't realize remember, that. You don't remember me. <laughs> I, rest, I didn't realize you were so much older than I am. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Well, hey, you know, funny, <laughs> funny, funny story I'm going to tell real quick. You know who I got to wrestle my freshman year in high school? Who's that? Quentin Jackson. Quentin Jackson. Rampage. Oh, my God. He, de- he, he destroyed me. <laughs> but you know what? At the end of the match, he got up, shook my hand. Yeah. We got off the mat. He never rubbed my face in anything, so mm-hmm. I got that going for me. There you go. <laughs> got your ass handed to you by Rampage. You're awesome. Yeah, when I saw him join the UFC later, I'm like, Quinn Jackson, that name sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, he whooped my ass in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> the wrestling mat one time. I mean, you know, he, yeah. but he, in my defense, he was a senior. I was a freshman, but, you know, you're going to, you're not going to win that match. Mm-hmm. So. But- Today, if you had that rematch, you, you told your I'm, own. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, I don't. I, he could probably hand him his ass quicker. I'm, I'm, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna fuck with the dude that played B. A. Barack. No. <laughs> Pity the fool. Which which that which that 18 movie I thought was very underrated. I loved it. Yep. I thought but it was any, good too. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, I, not another tangent. Yeah. Um, where were we? You know, death. Of, Death of the territories really killed a lot of areas. You yeah, know? yeah, it really did. And well, and it, uh, sure, we got to see a lot of those wrestlers on a grander stage, mm-hmm. but man, still miss going to those Coliseum on Monday nights. Oh gosh, that that is the one place I would love to wrestle, and I wrestled in the Lander Center. Um, I re- we 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 went one year and we had a show with uh, the Mid South Fair after it moved to the Lander Center down in uh, DeSoto County, just south of Memphis. And um, I got to wrestle in the Lander Center. I got to see, and I have a Titantron. <laughs> I have a Titantron video. I'll show it to you guys. Uh, I got to see my Titantron video play wow. on the big screen at the Lander Center, and I was like. That's badass. Because <laughs> that was my introduction video. Now, granted, it was the fair. We did not have the crowd we probably could have mm-hmm. in the Lander Center. For both shows, we probably had 20 or 30 people sitting in the oh, front man, row. That's... It was sad. Yeah. It really was. But, at the same time, we tried to talk the fair people out of charging extra to get tickets to the wrestling. Because it was like, oh yeah, you, gotta, you get charged to go to the fair. Well, if you pay an extra ten dollars, you could go see the wrestling show. That's that's dumb. Nobody's yeah. gonna do that. That's just dumb. And we tried to talk them out of it, but they wouldn't have none of it. So, 
And that was right after Lawler came back from having a heart attack. Oh, wow. He still couldn't talk from having the, toe, the tube putting down. His right. Throat. And he, he came out and did an interview for us out there in the ring for Channel 5. Cool. So it was pretty cool seeing Jerry at, back to full Man, health I, at least. Th- I got to tell you, that's that was scary for me when that happened. That was unreal. I think it was scary for a lot of people because if you're down here from Memphis I don't, and you watch wrestling, you're a Lawler fan. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. And... And who ha- here hasn't met Lawler just out? Oh out, man, he's kind of hey, he's yeah. You know, one day uh, we were doing a putt putt tournament up at putt putt. <laughs> Where else will we do a putt putt tournament? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, we had a wireless mic set up, mm-hmm. and uh, Tom told me, you know, hey, if this mic doesn't work, I got a backup battery right over here, and I got to hear that Lawler voice. He comes inside. Your mic's not working. It's like, holy shit, I'm on Raw. Because <laughs> he sounded just, it's, he used that voice and everything. And, uh, you know, he's he's a really good guy, too. He doesn't really get upset with you coming up and, and saying, hey, Mr. Lawler, or yeah. anything like that. He's, all, he's always congenial. And, um, God, man, hell, hell of an artist. Oh, yeah. Hell of an oh, artist. Yeah. Can draw anything just on the drop of a hat. I think my my trainer Ken used to drive drive along in the car with him, and it, as Jerry was driving the car, he hands Ken a notepad and says, "Ken, just just draw a line across the page, just draw a line across the page." He's like, "What?" He's like, "Just draw a line across the page. Draw any kind of line you want. Just draw one line across the page." He's like, "Okay." As Jerry's driving the car, he takes the line that Ken's drawn across the page and starts drawing like a rabbit or whatever, you know, out of that one line. Because he sees it in his head through that one line, and boom, I'm going to draw this, you know. And that's what, he, that's what he'd do on the way to and from towns back in the day. He would draw random stuff on his, on his notepad on the way to the arena as he's driving the car. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, you know... The old days are are just gone, you know. Oh, yeah. We'll never get them back, you know. And it's, it's sad to see. It really you know, is. If I ever become a multimillionaire, I'm bringing back a strong mid-south territory. Yeah. I think it, it, it gave the people in Memphis something. And, and I know this is going to sound stupid to say, but I believe it. It gave something for people in Memphis to rally around. Um have you seen? Did you ever see Memphis Heat? The yes, I did. Yes, I did. did you, we saw it. Did you go no, with us? Yeah. Have you seen it yet? I still haven't seen it. No. I think I've got it on Amazon. I'll hook you up with it. Yeah, you need to see it's, it. It's mm-hmm. it's absolutely incredible what professional wrestling kind of did to desegregate. Yeah. This community. We had a you had a wrestler, Sputnik um, Monroe, that didn't wouldn't go on unless um, African American and white people were allowed to sit together. Sit together. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a small example of what wrestling does to unite this people because. And they always said they always said that uh, every black person in Memphis at one time had two pictures in their house. They had one of Sputnik Monroe and one of Martin Luther King. <laughs> <laughs> if that was said in the documentary. That's yeah. not us saying that. Yep. Um, but you know, in the Coliseum, growing up for me, looking back, I always noticed that. You know, it was the right type of thing. Everyone in Memphis rallied around cheering the good guy. Everyone rallied, rallied around Memphis, in Memphis, rallied around booing the bad guy. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things that I can remember, you know, it's probably before I was born, but I like to look back on it, was uh, Jerry Lawler 
had to put his hair on the line in a title match. Mm-hmm. And he was wrestling Tommy Wildfire Rich. And there was a cage around the ring. It was kind of like Hell in a Cell, but it did have a top. Mm-hmm. And Austin Idol, and I could be wrong. Either he's wrestling Austin Idol and Tommy Rich interfered, or Austin, I- or Austin Idol interfered. I can't remember which one. Mm-hmm. Lawler lost. Mm-hmm. And got his head shaved in Memphis. Mm-hmm. The people in this city... Practically rioted. Oh, they were... <laughs> police were pulling people off the cage. And, and what is Austin Idol in there doing? Laughing. Laughing. Flexing yeah. his muscles. Yeah. And, you know, really egging them on. And, you know, uh, these, these small crowds in these territories were what made the product so great. Uh, you know... Because they were working towards the crowd. They didn't have a camera, TV camera to work for. Mike told a story of when Flatty, blah, 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 Freddie Blass, <laughs> he had a pencil. He was stabbed in the calf with a pencil. By a little old lady. By a little old lady. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, love, I'm, I love hearing those old stories. The little old lady swinging their pocketbooks at people. And, you know, wrestlers taking stop signs from people and ripping them up in front of the people. And... It's, it's a... <laughs> Being on the other end of that... <laughs> <laughs> It's actually a great feeling to see that when you're in the ring, you know, because I I did uh, one night and um, <laughs> I lost my cool one night in uh, Newburn uh, for uh, an old promotion that's not running anymore. And uh, there was this kid that came in and uh, he decided to do one of those. And this, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to be a wrestler and you wind up actually getting to do it. Stay in the locker room. Don't go out on the front row and sit with your family for the whole show. And then when it's time to wrestle, you uh, decide that maybe it's time to go back to the locker room and get dressed. Because <laughs> <laughs> if it was me that you're facing, you're going to get an ass kicking. So, <clears throat> this is this is the story of what happened, basically. I'm in... I'm in the arena an hour I'm in every arena an hour before the show so I get in the ring if I need to feel the ring out you know it's it's where it's basically number one it's a professional thing it's the number one thing that WWE will tell you if you show up late it is a it's the number one sign of disrespect in the WWE. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. You, you know, well, yeah. it's you're expected to be on time. In a professional setting, you're always expected to oh, be yeah, on time, yeah. and they're that, like the most professional setting you um, could possibly be in. Before you get too deep in your story, <laughs> I remember something, and I saw you put this on Twitter, and I retweeted it because it's a it's fascinating. But there was a wrestler, and we won't go into the full details of the story, but part of it was being early. Mm-hmm. But his, his name was the Great Malachi. You mm-hmm. remember this? It was about when the guy broke his ankle in the ring. So, you know, he put him in a hold that was basically like, I can hurt you right now. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? But yes. one, of the, one of the key points he made in that was he got to the show early uh, with his tag team partner. Mm-hmm. And the other guy that he was facing, one tag team partner showed up early. Mm-hmm. They were going over everything. And then this guy shows up like, all right, let me go put my stuff down and we're going to see. And he was like a rookie or something. Yeah. Don't want to go into the full story, but moral of the story is be early. Be early. Now, be be early. Be professional. If you don't like somebody, 
before you get in the ring with them is not the time to, <laughs> to dictate that. Because <laughs> you're going to get in the ring with this guy, and he's probably going to hand you your ass. So, but no, with, did you have more than that? Or no, that's you, that's. Okay. I just my point of the but story yeah. was, you know, it goes back to the being early. Yeah. And um, one more quick question before we get in. No, I'm going to guess no indie ring is the same, right? Not a single one of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are piece of shit rings that I would not have my dog walk in. <laughs> and I've wrestled in them. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I got slung under the ropes one night down in Mississippi somewhere. And uh, the board on the other side of the ring came up and was sticking up through the mat. And I was about to get hip tossed in that direction, and I just kind of went, "Nope, <laughs> man, not happening." <laughs> and I just kind of like, you know, I didn't even really hip toss over. I just kind of alley ooped over this guy and just kind of landed awkwardly on the other side. And I was just kind of like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and then the referee, no lie, the referee goes over and stomps this board back down into the ring, and then the ring's flat again. <laughs> oh wow. And the match continued. And that was the last time I wrestled in Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. But uh, back back to the story of... Sorry, uh, my bad. Sorry to get us off. No, no, no. I got got stories out the wazoo. In six years. And when I... I say it so many times, you know. I've wrestled for six years. I've wrestled continuously for six years. In six years, I might have had a two-week break where I didn't wrestle. And when I wasn't at a show, when I wasn't booked at a show, I was over at the wrestling school busting my ass, trying to get in shape. So when I say I wrestled for six years, I mean I wrestled for six years. The, the break between now and my last match back in April of last year has been the longest I've gone in the last six years, not getting in a wrestling ring wow. and taking a bump. Yeah. Wow. And, you know... I I went in. I did what I wanted to do, and I got it got it out of my system. I did what I wanted to do. I was multi multiple champions in multiple areas. I'm sure your wife I've likes having my... around more too, right? Yeah, she does, and she she thinks it's pretty badass what I did, which is awesome. You know, she was she was the driving force behind me getting into wrestling, and you know, because she saw me sitting at home getting depressed watching the TV. And just looking at it and pointing and going, I could do better. I know I can do better than that <laughs> motherfucker on the TV. You know, and it, you get that in your head. And if that's your driving force, you're all right. <laughs> but, you know, kid shows up. All right, we'll go to the story in Newburn here. Kid, <laughs> but, show, but, 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 I'm, I'm kidding. kid shows up, puts his stuff in the locker room, and disappears. I'm dressed already. I got my wrestling boots on, got my wrestling tights on. I'm sitting there in a chair with my legs kicked up against the wall, just kind of relaxing, you know, just getting acclimated to the locker room, getting relaxed, you know. I ain't got nothing to do. I'll sit here for 30 or 45 minutes and wait for the show to start. I'm cool. If I want to walk around and talk to people, I can walk around and talk to people, you know. Don't see hiding her hair of the kid. We're second or third match into the show. The show starts. Still don't see hiding her hair of this kid. And finally somebody comes up and says, he's out front watching the show with his parents and, you know, what all. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. So, we get to the match 
before our match. Kid still isn't in the locker room. Finally, somebody somebody gets ticked off. Whoever's running the show gets ticked off and tells him, you know, get your ass in the locker room and get dressed. He wasn't even dressed to wrestle yet. So he shows up back in the locker room, and, you know, all of a sudden he's like a scalded dog. He's trying to get his clothes off and get his, you know, wrestling tights on and everything else he's got to wear. And in the meantime, he's trying to call a match with me. Hmm. And I'm just sitting there going, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, all right, yeah. All right, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, we'll do that. All right, yeah, all right. Okay, yeah. He laces up his boot, ties his boot, his entrance music hits. He's done getting dressed as his entrance music hits. So, he hits entrance music. All right, man, great match. Let's have fun out there. All right, boom, he hits the curtain. Who's sitting next to me? Kid Nichols. Kevin looks over at me and goes, are you really going to do any of that shit? Yeah. I looked him straight back in the face and I said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, you're going to kick his ass, aren't you? I said, yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is like opening spot was like, I take two drop kicks and I powder out of the ring. I took two drop kicks. I went right back over and I sunk a hold in and I started whipping that kid's ass. <laughs> There was even a, there was even one spot where he was supposed to go up to the top rope, jump off, and try to cross body me. I caught him and power slammed him. I mean, it was just you know I was teaching that kid a lesson. And you were talking about the grandmas and the little <laughs> old ladies. Those are the most dangerous people that you could ever possibly bring to a wrestling show. Let me tell you something. Because grandma, I, apparently I was beating up her favorite wrestler, and she tried to come over the barricade at me with a chair. <laughs> she folded the chair up she was sitting in and tried to come over the rest, come over the barricade at me. And I was like, well, I know I'm doing something right. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so, and then the kid, I find out later that the kid's not even supposed to be in the wrestling ring. He's got a heart condition. Ooh. He's not supposed to be wrestling. So... <laughs> I'm kicking this guy's ass, just beating the living hell out of him. No lie. Four shoot, I'm wanting to hurt this kid. Didn't end up hurting him, but I think I got my point across to him. But the funniest part of it was, was I beat this kid up, probably in front of ten people, right? And the match ends, he pins me. I kicked his ass, I would made my point. He pinned me. It didn't matter that he pinned me. I got over what I needed to get over. I was fine with it. He was the one supposed to win? Okay, I don't have a problem with that. We get back behind the curtain. He's right there, standing right there. And, you know, I'm six foot two. He's probably five foot nine or something like that. He's about a foot shorter than I am. He looks me straight in the face. He goes, That's the best match I ever had. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. I was like, I laughed my ass off. I was like, are you shitting me? I just kicked your ass for 10 minutes. That's all I did. (laughs) Please tell me Nichols was around. Nichols was right there. He was just dying laughing too. He's like, oh my God, are you serious? (laughs) So I was like, I I kicked the kid's ass for 10 minutes. It's the best match he ever had in his life. So funny, 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 funny things. I mean, just stuff like that happened to me all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to get to... I know you got plenty of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to hear them all. I need to save some stuff. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you know, and just back, back, that's the state of professional wrestling in the Mid-South. That's the problem. There is no respect 
zero for fellow wrestlers. Oh, I, you know, and I'm sure back in those days, you know, if you didn't give respect, you know, you know, uh, you didn't respect if, Eddie Gilbert in the ring. Yeah, I guarantee mm-hmm. he's going to knock your lights out. And there's still guys in the ring like that. You know, there's still guys around that will. You know, I've if seen you it. cross him, that may, they'll that, knock your head clean off. The great Malachi. You mm-hmm. know, I saw what he did to that kid, and he could easily, if he wanted to hurt him further than he did, yeah. which he didn't even actually hurt him, he stretched him a little he bit. He stretched him. He didn't but, hurt him. But if he wanted to, I think he got his point across. Oh, yeah. Definitely got his point across. Maybe we can get him on the show one day. I don't know if he's still wrestling or not. I haven't matter. seen him That's on any... He, uh, he was a wrestler, right? Yeah. Um, I think it was like two or three years ago that whole thing happened. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I haven't seen anything from him since. We get him but right. he may be overseas. Yeah, that's true. I haven't, yeah. and I don't keep up with Japan. So okay. um, I think New Japan has like a that. show now. Yeah, I think they've got internet stuff. Uh, well, no, I think they have like a network show. They have a network show. Yeah, no. I think it comes on at like midnight on a yeah. night that you really don't want to be watching TV. Like. Midnight on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, not catching New Japan this week. Yeah, but yeah, it that's. The respect, the whole respect factor has been lost. So, is it? Do you think it's like people coming in, you know, fresh out of school and training, thinking yeah. like, "Oh, now I'm the Rock. Now I'm." I want you to think about this too. You got kids coming out of high school right now that have no idea what World Championship Wrestling is. They have no <laughs> idea. Once again, I wish our listeners could see my face right now. They went. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got kids coming out of high school. No idea what World Championship Wrestling was. I get, so they No idea what Power Pro Wrestling was on Channel 5. Mm. Uh, no idea what USWA us, Wrestling see, was I think on, a, on I Channel I think people, 5. it's good to forget Power Pro. Don't forget USWA. Don't forget Mid-South. Don't forget, forget CWA. CWA. Championship yeah. Wrestling. That was before USWA. It was before Power Pro. Power Pro was the developmental territory for WWE. That's true. Yeah, yeah. We can't forget Power Pro. And I know. I know. I got a, I got a couple of friends that, that made, their, made their mark in Power Pro. And, you know, it's you don't have what you had, so you can't respect what you had. That's the issue. Yeah, the, the fact that someone coming out of high school doesn't know who Big Van Vader is yeah, cool. makes me absolutely sick. Yeah. I, I don't know. You may... <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, we won't. I won't say what I want to say about Van Vader. <laughs> <laughs> he may find, he may track you down. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I I I like Vader, but I've heard uh, uh, there was one show that had to deal with him here locally, and he was not cool to deal with. Hmm. So I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, he's probably <laughs> at one point was one of the best monster guys in the wrestling business for yeah. a while there. So we are going to wrap it up for this week. We have done a lot, had a lot of good discussions tonight. Uh, we're going to go through our Twitters again. I am at Shropnuts, S C H R O E P N U T S. Yes, I will spell it every time. <laughs> at WolfMike23. At One Dangerous Dan. O N E Dangerous Dan. And don't forget to follow at Oversell Podcast and visit our website, OversellPodcast.com. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. 
Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.